Hey, everybody. Today is one of those days that I would call a good news, a great news episode of The Breakdown. And I am very, very excited to share a conversation that I just had with my dear brother who has become almost like an uncle or a father figure, a grandfather figure to me, Michael Thompson, who was just released from prison a few hours ago, early this morning, after serving 25 years in prison. Staggering, 25 years ago, I was a student in high school. I mean, that's what we're talking about. All the way back from the 90s until today, Michael Thompson was in prison for selling weed in Michigan. And I just need to say, it was it, he was not a kingpin. He was not running some crazy operation. And I don't even think a kingpin in weed should serve a year in prison. Damn, damn sure not 25 years in prison. But Michael spent 25 years in prison for selling weed to a friend. While he was in prison, his parents died. His only son died. I talked to Michael just briefly about some of that loss, but we didn't want to linger on that. We're looking forward to the future. And uh, I just want you to listen in to the conversation. I'm going to be asking you in the days ahead to help us buy Michael a house. The state of Michigan is just basically leaving him with nothing. Uh, he, his sentence was commuted. We fought for that commutation for years now. Unfortunately, it took that long. And unlike somebody who was wrongly convicted, and that's how I see Michael, uh, Michael's not going to be getting any compensation from the state, even though weed is now legal in Michigan. It's just bananas. They stole years from his life, but we're looking forward. And Michael wants to be an advocate for justice reform and prison reform. I just want you to hear the conversation. We were both glad to see each other's faces and hear each other's voices. And uh, we got a lot of work ahead, all right? Glad you can be here and joining on this conversation. This is Sean King, and you are listening to the the, the breakdown. The, 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 the breakdown. The, 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 the breakdown. Michael. <laughs> My man, how my, are you, man? Oh man, I'm just like uh, you know, just like Sam Cooke said, a change, a change gonna come. That's right, man, brother. So good to see you, man. I yeah. love you, man. Yeah, I love you too, Sean. And uh, it's been a long journey, man. We finally, I know. We finally made it here. You kept on. I know, brother. Uh, you kept on pumping it out on the internet, and I, I felt you. You know, I was hearing you. You know, uh, it ain't important to talk to a person. It's about the action a person carry when you're not there with him, you know what I'm saying? And, and, and you told me that you weren't going to leave me, and you didn't. Yeah, I, and, and, Mike, and Michael, we're not finished. You know, I, I told my staff and others the, the most important thing that you always asked me was to make sure that when you were released that we'd be there to help you. And so we're really kind of standing by to see the best ways to support you, but we're committed for the long haul, for, you know, for the rest of your days. You know, we want to see you in a house that you own, in a job that you love, you know, with whatever you need. And so we've already set aside money to support you. And we're just, we're just kind of waiting for your, we wanted you to be able to, to get out and get a good night's nice rest and then 
these next few days, you just tell us how we can best help you, and we we got your back. Well, well, Sean, the, the main thing, just like we spoke last time, you told me that uh, that uh, you was an honorable man, you know, and I, I told you who I was, and and I'm still that person. And uh, well, of course, man. And, and it sounds like you're still that person as well. And my thing is a uh, uh, home, man, a real home, you yep. know. And uh, just like I said, I, I ain't trying to go back to living uh, with mices and rats and, and stuff like that. Even though, you know what I'm saying, I spent all them years in prison, I'm t- still not used to know uh, living with mice and rats and stuff. And, uh, and uh, you know, uh, we found a couple of houses, you know what I'm saying, but, but we're trying to work the money. We're trying to work to get the money up there to, to, to pay for them. And I, I, mean, I mean, pay for the house. And all I want to know, all I want to know, Michael, is when you find the house that you like, I just want to know how much it costs and I'll, I'll, I'll raise the money for the whole thing, man. Like I'll, we'll, we'll put our, we'll put our, I have the money that we set aside from grassroots law, but whatever else it costs, we'll just raise it. And people are ready to give. I think when, if we could, if you choose a home that, and I wouldn't rush, if you find one that you like, let's choose it. And then we'll show people online the house. And man, we'll just raise the money and buy it. That you know, we, we won't even have a mortgage. <laughs> you know, let's just find the home and buy that thing, man. <laughs> oh my goodness, man, Sean, you made it so easy, man. Made it just just like I told told Diddy. The reason why I like talking to you, you go straight to the punch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, man. Uh, you listen, if if we live if we live in a just society, the government would pay for all of this and. You deserve all of that and much more because I really see, and, and all of us who know you and love you, I really see your case as a wrongful conviction. Like, hell, at most, they should have had you do some community service or you should have been in and out that same year, yeah. you know? And it's like, <laughs> and so you, if we lived in a just society, Michigan would do all of this for you. Flint would do this for you. The government would do it. But the thing is, the people are with you, you know, and the people, the people care about you, man. All the people that are there with you, all the great DD, who's just been a champion for you, all the great people at Last Prisoner Project. But, you know, we see, man, we asked people, we made a book that we're going to send you. We asked people to write encouraging notes for you, and we're putting it into a book to send you. Man, it's about 10,000 people that wrote notes just wanting you to know how much they care about you, how much they're in your corner. And so those same people, they're going to make sure they chip in to to just, you know, make the rest of this year easy for you as you um, as you try to figure out what's next, man. Hey, man, I, just, I knew I knew I told Didi, I said uh, when I talked to my man, Sean. He gonna he gonna make things right for me. He gonna make sure everything's right for me, and uh, that's all. That that's what I held on to all these years. And uh, because the last time I talked to you, and you said that I remind you of your grandfather. You know, what I'm saying uh, grandfather, something. I said, well, I dig that. That was an honor, man, for you to say that. Yeah. You know? Well, and, no, I feel that way, man. Like, um, you know, the way my the way my brain and heart works, man. Like. I've felt this whole time like it's my family and, and that it's my family that's 
that's that's locked up and being mistreated and that's what gives us that's that's how I try to lead when we support people is to say what would you do if this was your father or your grandfather or your uncle and I, you know I've tried to tell people like I always felt your sincerity even though we weren't even able to see each other face to face and um you know my my staff and I one of the things we want to do, we know these next few days are going to be super busy, but we're going to kind of spread some time out. And then over the next month, I'll come up to see you and some of our staff members, if you're okay with it, will come hang out with you as well. We know that there'll be a lot of people there this week, but we hope to be there here over the next few months too. Dig, dig that, man. That's love. Yeah. Yeah, that's real love. And uh, just like, just, just like uh, you know, my thing is such uh, uh, you know, you had stressed to me how honorable you are, you know, and uh, and that means a lot to me, you know, because I don't, you know, I didn't deal with enough people in my life that wasn't real, and all they do is get in the way, man. You know what I'm saying? My thing is, uh, you know, just like I did them uh, news interviews and, and the thing I mentioned was uh, about uh, them guys, you know what I'm saying? You know, I want to speak for the voiceless. You know what I'm saying? And, and uh and and you can believe you can believe one thing. Uh the news stations that covered that, you can believe one thing. Uh them guys in there jumping for joy and hollering and running down. <laughs> yeah. Down yeah. Said, Did you hear what he said? Did you hear what he said? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And when well, it got good coverage. I was proud that already, you know, all the local outlets have covered have covered it and, and will continue to cover it and you know what what I'm looking forward to over these next few months is you know people across the country being able to hear from you and and we're working we wanted to wait until today until we started but I I'm already going to figure out what we can do to get the the supervision and, and stuff at the very least reduced I'm so frustrated um that here you got this commutation, but now they're still trying to supervise your life. And so we're working hard on figuring out what it will look like to make sure they either remove that or or drastically reduce it. But we just wanted to wait until today, until we started pushing. We just didn't want to take any risk. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm glad you, because four years probation, man. Oh, man, come on. (laughs) I told my wife, I was so mad when I learned that I made my blood boil, man. Like, um, you know, I didn't get a chance to tell you this, but like this type, you know, my anger over that is part of what fuels me. I try to make sure my anger is healthy. (laughs) You know, uh, anger can be healthy and unhealthy, but I'm so angry that they already stole those, those years and they want to keep you on probation for four years. It's 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 as unjust as as anything. I think they just don't think about. See, because the people who make those policies, they've never lived through that, and and they're not even connected to people who have. And so for them, it's just like words on paper, man. And they don't understand. Like you paid that price ten times over, and it's like now nah, we. But your team, um, everybody that's there with you there in Michigan now, they they are right. They really wanted us to wait until 
after today to start pushing to get that probation removed or reduced. But we're going to get behind that right away. All right, my man. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, right before, I don't know if you knew it, but but uh, these last two months been kind of rough. Uh, oh, I know, man. At the prison I've been at, I was at because they took my phone. They put me on 30-day phone restriction, knowing I'm going to come on. And they put me on a 30-day phone restriction. So I couldn't tell. Why did they do that? What was the purpose of that? Like, just to be mean-spirited or? Yeah, well, they 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 real they don't care, man. They 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 yeah. dirty. they uh, they dirty and and see what happened was I was on close contact and I and uh, so I supposed to been off. Man, they kept me on close contact for twenty eight days. They only supposed to keep you on there for fourteen days. Mm. And uh, yeah. so and so I was trying to get to the phone and and uh, they, they kept telling me, well, you got to wait till you clear the clear uh, 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 close contact. But the thing is, but. Uh, my test is they came back, but they just hadn't presented them to me. But my thing is, I had to get on the phone, Sean. And so, yeah, so, uh, they wrote me a ticket, man. You know, what I'm saying? Uh, they wrote me a notice in 10 and they uh, took my phone for 30 days. But see, see, uh, it's hard for me to explain to you, you, you know, uh, all the stuff I done went through, you know, what I'm saying with them people, you know, this particular prison here, I've been down 25, uh, 25 years. And I never had this kind of problem, you know what I'm saying? After 25, how in the hell you go 25 years, one ticket, then you get to one prison and been there for three months and get, get two. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think what I know is these prisons, they're not designed to let you go. They're designed to keep you. And what I've seen over and over again across the years, when brothers get close to their release date, the these these facilities and their staff and their policies, they try to put a grip on you, man, to do anything they can to either make it impossible for you to, to be released or or to delay your release. I've seen I've seen the worst case scenario before where brothers were close to their release date and you know, facilities jam I know I know over the years you've seen all of this, man, where people jam that stuff up and um yeah, two tickets but that stuff's phony, man. And um, yeah, we we know that. And but what I want to ask you know. is, why is everybody keep talking about prison reform? And, and it seems like they ain't not doing nothing about it. You know, it seems like why is it? Why well, when's they gonna start doing really doing something about it? And still, you know, all this talk. See, because these guys need help in there, man. You know, there's some yeah. guys, there's some good guys in there, Sean. That's reason why I keep. That's reason why when I did some press conferences a little while ago, that's reason why I started speaking about the prison reform, man. Because yeah. listen, if you're gonna speak about it, know something about it. You don't know nothing about the prison. You know what I'm saying? You don't know nothing. Even know, don't even know how to deal with it because for some reason you act like you speak about it for a political reason, and then it disappears, man. And mm. you know I mean, that's why I know. But see, that's why you we need you to be able to be a spokesperson for it. Having spent this much time, whether, whether you're comfortable with it or not, you are now an expert in, in prison, you know, and this is a level of expertise that you have to share with people because you're right. There's a whole lot of talk from, even from people and politicians that we, we're supposed to support, but very little, but very little action. And um, right. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I see it. And 
I think it's twofold, you know, like I, my my wife and I both have grown up with close friends and close family in and out of prison. And so we have a lot of experience and understanding personally. And that's part of even what caused me to be able to connect with you, because I know like we've had that experience and I worked for three years in jails and prisons as a teacher. And I've seen the impact that it had. And except most people that are talking that talk, not only have they not stepped foot in there, they haven't even really studied it, man. And so part of it is we have to make sure we empower you and create opportunities for you to speak on, on what you know, and uh, to, to educate people, to show them, you know, how bad the system truly is, man. Well, you know, Sean, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this to you, but, you know, uh, you would think uh, black counselors, Rums, A-Russes, uh, black officers, uh, ones who, who got, got control, captains and shift commanders, you would think that they would be better, you know what I'm saying, for you because they know something about you as a, you know, they know something about, you know, you've been a black man, you know, but man, don't you know, man, they don't give a damn. You know, so they, they worse than anybody else, man. And you got, I got I gotta, I gotta send you this book. It's called Locking Up Our Own. And it's by a brilliant brother named James Foreman Jr. And his dad, James Foreman, was a leader in the civil rights movement. And the book, it should be popular, but it's not popular. And I'm going to tell you why. It's about the role of black political leaders in building mass incarceration. And, and it's something that we don't want to confront because it's easy to point at an, e- an evil person out there and say, oh, it's us also building these systems, maintaining these systems, working these systems. And that book, Locking Up Our Own, it, uh, it really explains what you just said the role that our own people have played in building and maintaining these evil systems. You know, I, I'll send it to you. And if you want, I'd love to even connect you to, to James who wrote the book. He's a, he's a professor at Yale law school and just a brilliant kind. soul. he was um, a public defender for many years, just a really good guy, civil rights attorney. Yeah. Well, well, you know, my thing is, my thing is, I didn't experience it, man, for 25 years, you know, and uh, and whatever I can do to help somebody else, you know, uh, bring awareness to, to to what's going on, uh, I'm all for that, man. You know, I'm not for myself, you know. You know, my thing is, uh, I get my blessings from God, you know what I'm saying? So I'm all right, man, you know, but thing is, I just want to be put in position for somebody to hear me, man, hear what I'm saying, because I did some workshops in there. And you know what, Sean? They stopped them. And they were successful. They stopped them. And it, and this didn't have nothing to do with no certificates. And they were just coming on their own because I was trying to tell them, before you can move any further, you got to wash your own heart. You got to wash your heart. Don't worry about yeah. the next man's heart, your heart. And yeah. I told them gang leaders a story, man. This is the story I told them. I took, you know, I, I I got together and and they came to me and said, "Wow, Miko, uh, can you explain that to me again?" 
Look, I told him, I said, let me tell you a story about a, a guy that used to be an A student. And this guy was an A student. I mean, he was extremely intelligent. And then he got hooked on drugs. And he got in trouble. He uh, was living underneath the bridge. He was a hobo. And something happened that he got sent to prison. Okay, when he got sent to prison, everybody looked the same. They wash him off, they wash him off and everything. So he ain't worried about no drugs no more because that's the end of that. Because private correction got him now. So he private correction washed him off, put him in with some clean clothes on and everything. So now he goes back to what he used to be, an A student. Okay, but this A student, you know, he's smart. And most of these organizations in prison, as uh, long as you can read and comprehend real good, you'll be a leader. But you're nothing but a hobo. You were nothing but a hobo uh, when you came to prison. You, uh, you wasn't uh, doing that out there in the street. Okay, now, one thing, but what's so dangerous about this, Sean, what's so dangerous about it? Is these same ones, you know what I'm saying, that 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 that, that was a student and, and and uh he's the leader of these groups now, you know, you know, because because you not read the Quran, because you not read the laws, you because you not read this, you not read the Bible. But the thing is, man, uh these guys putting their life behind this man was once a student, but he, he but before he cut to prison, he was living underneath the bridge. And just like I told them, I said, here you is, you don't know nothing about this man, but you follow him because of something he passed your test. Right. You know, because he know how to read and write and he, he can comprehend real well. I said, but the thing is, let me tell you something. The only one that can give orders is the one who earned his stripes. Yeah. I said, and this man ain't never earned no stretch, and y'all following him. Mm. I said, not only that, y'all got more heart than he do, but, be, but because he's smarter than you, he can give you orders and tell you, go kill this guy, go stab this guy. Mm. I said, come on, man, wake up. You're smarter than that. Right. And, 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 and they looked at me, and one of them, after we left one of the workshops, he came at me and said, Miko, what you mean by uh, you know, a guy can earn strikes. He got he got to earn strikes if he want to give orders. I said, man, go to the military. Nobody give orders don't earn no stripes. They don't right. have nobody don't know the military giving orders. They don't have no stripes, man. I said, so so what I'm saying is, you giving this man something that that he ain't never earned, but you really right. your life on the line. You understand, Sean? So yeah, ruin 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 your life over a man that shouldn't have that much power over you. And uh, yeah, no, I get it. And I know for years you were mentoring these young brothers that were coming in there and it's, it just infuriate people need to know here. You were leading your own mentorship program basically. And that they stopped you from even doing that. You know, it's, it's, um, I think what people need to understand is, you know, I, I say it like this. These systems were not built to to empower us. They were not built to 
to, to, to set us free. They were built to make us captive, to oppress us. And when you try to do anything that doesn't fit the definition of what this system was built for, the system will, the system will bite back, you know? And so, yeah. you know, you were trying to basically change, change these young brothers lives so that they could come in there and get out and start their lives over again. The system never likes that, man. And people don't, people don't know that, that, that on the inside, when you try to help people, they'll make it where it's impossible for you to do it. You know, people don't know it. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder why every time you do something good, you know, say I'm talking with a group of people and, 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 and uh, you don't give them nothing, you know, no, no, uh, to, you know, saying to do it just because of you, he listening to you. Why is it that you got to be, you know, saying some, you know, trying to form some kind of organization, you know, saying within the prison. And why don't you, why don't they just take the time out and just talk to the young guys that I was in the workshop with? Why don't they take the time out and ask them, you know, saying, what do they feel about me? Because when I uh, went to one of them, I said, man, have you ever been hugged by your father or grandfather? Mm. And, and they said, no, no. I said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm one of them and I want to hug you. And I want to hug you as a grandfather. I want to hug you as a father. And and so and so what happened? I had a uh, a man a man named Cannon, and and I had him ready, you know, what I'm saying because he already knew what to do. And, I, and so after I did it, and he called his buddy and told his buddy, "Get stand up, man. Let me hug you as a brother, an uncle." Yeah. And, and and he hugged him, and they both broke down and cried, man. Yeah. Did you know? Did you have much of a relationship with your father? Yes, I man. I was my father was everything to me. My father was my best friend. Mm. See, so you're able to you're able to pay that forward because it's in you, yeah. you know. And and see, that makes sense to me because I even felt that energy from you. So it made sense to me that you had such a great relationship with your father. When when did he pass? Yeah, uh, he passed about uh, about eight years ago, nine years ago. Yeah, I don't try to think about it. I don't try to think. Two things I don't try to think about, and that's that's my father's passing and my son, my only son. And yeah, I, I know Michael. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard. I heard. And sorry if I sorry if I made a, that moment hard for you, man. I just was curious. No, I, I I didn't think you knew. You know what I'm saying? I didn't think you. Knew. I heard. Yeah, it's part of what made me want to fight for you, man. Just knowing. <laughs> just the amount of loss and um we can't make all that up michael but what we can do is give you the support you need and then put you in the position to help the way you want to help moving forward man and so just as um over these next couple of days i i sent my number to everybody there and so that you have my number and can call me anytime and um I know that there's been some money raised for you and 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 I hope you have access to all of that. But as soon as you're ready to make some of those next steps, just hit me up and we'll we'll be there to support it and make sure it's easy for you, all right? Yeah, uh Didi Didi already she she on top of the housing and uh Good. she you know she's on top of the vehicle, you know, give me a vehicle. And she on top of all that, you know, uh, so Didi is the one that uh, 
that okay, I, cool. That is in contact with everybody. Uh, me myself, I'm just getting out, uh, Sean. So, hey, man, I know, man. <laughs> I, I took a deep breath, man, and and just like I told you, man, uh, uh, them guys and I got them young guys in there. Listen to Sam Cook, Chains going. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, brother, I, you know, I'm here for you and, uh, I'll, I'll keep my phone close to me. And if you, um, want to reach out and call back where we're not recorded or anything else, you, we yeah. can, we could talk as often as you want, big or small. If you ever want me to, um, just put my eyes on something, um anything like that anything you want me to check out or if you want me to speak to anybody on your behalf or anything anything i can do my answer is yes okay well what i want to do is as soon as uh diddy diddy found this a nice condo and uh and so when uh i'm gonna have her get get with you and send it because i I want to try to catch it while while the catching is good you know me too me too and have her send that to me today, man, and, and we'll see what it is and see what we can do with it, okay? All right. All right, thanks. All right, brother. All right. Yeah, good to see you, man. See you soon. You too. Um, bye now. Bye-bye. Break it down. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we are the Momentum Advisors. Every single week, we talk about wealth management, personal finance, and entrepreneurship. We are financial advisors by day, We're entrepreneurs by night. We're building wealth for ourselves, and we want to make sure that you understand how to build wealth in your own family. Tune in for shows like Is Your Money Racist? Retirement Savings, Investment 101. We literally run the gamut on all the things that you need to know about financial wealth, creating a legacy for your family, and really just wealth creation as a whole. What we find is that these conversations are happening but they're not happening as much as they need to in diverse communities. And so we're bringing a new voice, a new amount of energy, and we want you to tune in. So we bring the tips, we bring the strategy, and we always bring the good news. So make sure you tune in every week to the Momentum Advisors. There's something for everyone. Momentum.